Splitting your campaign into acts is a common planning strategy for a dungeon master. But just having it end with a boss battle can feel a little stale, especially if you have a significant number of combats in every session. Let's talk about what we can do to spice it up. Welcome back to the Game Masters Academy. This is the show where we strive to help you make every one of your sessions great. Thank you for joining me. My name is Greg. Sometimes when I'm creating episodes, I am talking about something I have done multiple times and I've really refined and dialed in what it is that I want to talk about. Other times, I do something in one of the sessions that I run and think to myself, wow, that worked really well. I like that. I should tell people. And that's how this episode was created. Uh, getting close to closing an act within the campaign that I'm running. And I didn't want this just to feel like any other type of quest or thing along those lines. And so uh, what I started to do is try to make it have a little bit more of an impact and feel uh, cinematic, feel exciting and suspenseful as build up to a final encounter uh, for this particular chapter or act of the campaign that we're running. In doing so, I think that I have a couple of really great ideas and tips that we can utilize uh, so this becomes a repeatable process as most of the uh, episodes that I try to create uh, are. So before we get into that, let's uh, go over a couple quick things. I would greatly appreciate it if you would like, follow, subscribe, do all of the little things that the algorithm loves. Uh, I appreciate each and every single one of you and all of your efforts and uh, helpfulness uh, definitely does not go unnoticed. Also, feel free to take a look and join me over on Patreon. Uh, there's some subscription tiers as well as free content that I post there. Uh, it's a great opportunity to uh, get some extra goodies that you might be able to stick into one of your games or uh, one of the campaigns that you happen to be currently running. All right, well, with that out of the way, let's start talking about making D&D cinematic. The first thing that we want to do is we want to increase the scope of this. Uh, it's almost like an encounter, um, but there's not really um, combat uh, per se. The idea here would be that we have an event, maybe is a better way of describing it, that is the precursor to potentially the big showdown to the BBEG or Big Bad Evil Guy of this particular chapter of the campaign. So for this, I'm just going to call it an event. So what we want to be doing is we want to increase the scope or the scale of the event. So that way it feels like it is a much larger impact uh, compared to what has been typically going on and provides this additional feel to the actual session that there's something big and something super important that is occurring or about to occur. So there's a couple of different things that we can do within this little step here to help increase our scope. First, 
the set list of tasks that need to be accomplished should be more than what the players are capable of accomplishing single-handedly as one group. And what I mean by that is we almost present them with enough A, B, C, D needing to be done that they kind of have to split up into multiple different mini groups, each of them having their own task. And we can kind of provide this idea that all of these things are happening concurrently. And that means that each one of them is vitally important for the overarching plan to succeed. There is an obvious stigma about splitting the group. But if there's enough things that need to occur at the same time, then it presents itself as a only option available. And this can allow the party to call in any favors that they've, you know, accumulated over the time that you've been playing with different NPCs, different individuals that, you know, may have said, hey, thanks for this. You know, if you need something in the future, let me know. Like this is that opportunity. And then when we do that, when they do that, I should say, it not only increases the scope, but it really shows that what's happening here is broad and it reaches multiple people and all of them are involved in it and uh, probably have a say and uh, have stakes in the game. In the game that I run, the party is attempting to perform a coup over the mayor of the city. And this is a dungeon punk, cyberpunk type setting where there's the city is very large and there's technology that's run by magic and things along those lines. But the idea here is they are attempting to remove the mayor from power. And in order to do so, they needed to have someone at a gala. They needed to have somebody else uh, infiltrate and plant explosives. Uh, there was an additional uh, group that went out and gathered up the resistance of the peasants, basically, to uh, form a protest. There's all these different little steps that are going on, and they're all being done at the exact same time. And that that gave them the opportunity to uh, utilize other NPCs, to utilize uh, a coachman that they had uh, befriended, and just really upscale the scope of this particular event within the campaign. Something we definitely want to allow to occur is a good amount of planning here, especially when we're coming to this culminating type of event. And so we want to give the uh, players an opportunity to really kind of dissect what it is that they're going to do, how they're going to do it, things along those lines. Now, no plan survives first contact, and so we want to make sure that we are steering them if they're going to do planning, to not make it super concrete and be able to be flexible in case things do not go the way that they anticipate that they are going to go. So once they have a plan and we recognize that we have to split up into multiple groups and that they're calling in favors and they've really increased the scope of this particular event, we need to run it. And there's a couple of things that we want to make sure that we do to have the best outcome possible. Now, 
I'm not saying this is the only way to do this. I'm just saying this is the way that worked for me that I really enjoyed running and uh, the party seems to really have enjoyed being a part of. Uh, So it definitely does not mean this is the only way that it works, nor am I saying that this is the correct way. This is just a way that I did that worked out well and I thought I would share. So first thing we want to do is we want to make sure that we're using descriptive language, but in a different way than what we would normally do. Typically what we do is we provide a you know, 1,000 feet in the sky overview of what's going on. This is what the weather looks like. This is what the building looks like. Uh, this is the you know typical situation. And with this, I wanted to provide more of a uh, framing or a, a soundboard style type of description. So as they entered the the party or the, the gala that was going on, instead of just having them show up, I actually started explaining what was going on before the characters arrived there. And so I'm almost giving a little bit of information about the NPCs that the characters don't know, but I'm giving that information to the players. And so we you know we describe the scene opening and we are you know almost low to the ground as a, a tall woman with long red hair walks by and continues down the red carpet and goes up to an announcer to be announced. And as she's being announced and entered, the coach pulls up and the doors are opened by the valets. And, you know, the two individuals that were going to be going to this party that were part of the party are now able to exit the coach. And then I give them the opportunity to describe the formal wear that they're wearing, as well as a little bit of an interaction uh, between the two of them. Once that's done, I would then proceed through the scene as uh, a standard scene. In doing so, we've created a couple of different things. One, we've highlighted a potential important NPC that just walked in, the tall woman with the long red hair. We've also established that this party has been happening before the characters showed up, and we create this just idea in our minds that you can almost see like a a movie where you're able to see the location where the uh, guests are being dropped off. And there's, you know, for us, there would be paparazzi and all sorts of other stuff going on there as the entrance on the red carpet is just as much of an event as the actual party is itself. Now, if you're already doing this idea of describing uh, events that are occurring that the party is not capable of seeing yet, then this should be just secondhand nature for you because it's something that you're already doing. But in most cases, when D&D is being run, the DM is explaining what the party sees. And so it's from a third person type perspective but it's always whatever is in front of the party. And here what we're trying to do is we're trying to provide a good idea of what's happening even though the party might not be able to see it yet. And we just create that little bit of extra idea of what's going on as well as 
uh, making it feel a little bit more dynamic. And there's a something that's happening that the party is entering as opposed to this feeling where it almost sometimes feels like everything is kind of uh, paused until the party gets to the location and that's where things kind of can pick up. Okay, so next, what I want to do is I never want to make the people that I am playing with feel left out or get bored because they aren't involved in what's going on. To pull this off, I am going to be doing a series of quick cuts. And that allows me to go over a specific thing or ensure that information is given in a specific spot and then quickly move to one of the other scenes that's going on, provide the explanation, resolve whatever you know immediate thing that's going on there, and then move to the next. And this idea of bouncing, you know, pretty, I don't want to say quickly, but bouncing uh, relatively fast throughout the party and how they've split themselves up really gives this idea that all of these things are all happening at the same time. And when we do that, it really increases the amount that the players are invested in what the outcomes of the other characters' little scenes are. An additional way to help increase the investment that the characters have in other players' scenes is by doing the flip to a new scene right after a cliffhanger. And so instead of resolving it all of the way, there's little bits that are just left there that you definitely want to get through and resolve, but we pause and we cut to somebody else. And we we basically say, okay, we're going to pause here. We're going to cut to this particular character. And then we give the description. And then we reveal something, and then we say the same thing. Okay, we're going to pause here, and then we're going to cut to this group. And by doing that, the uh, characters, I should say the players, want to get back to themselves rather quickly. And especially if we're providing information that unravels the mysteries of what the uh, campaign is so far then all of the players want to get back to each one of those scenes so they can get more information and solve some of the mysteries that they don't understand what's going on. All of this should feel kind of suspenseful and a little fast. And the reason we want it to feel a little fast is because we want it to feel like time is part of the actual Uh, thing that they're fighting against. Now, this can definitely increase anxiety for the players having this fast-moving event be going on that they need to be paying attention to as well as respond. They're going to have to react rather quickly. And so this is definitely not something that I think I would want to be doing all the time. It's uh, something I want to, you know, hold back and utilize to really help increase the importance of the event that we're currently going through. But uh, having it move quickly is definitely something we want to do. 
uh, by having it move quickly, uh, a couple things are occurring. One, we're showing the players that, hey, pay attention because you're going to be up pretty soon. And we're kind of almost, without really saying it, we're training them to recognize you're, we're going to come back to you real quick here, or at any moment I could come to you. So, you know, let's think fast. We have a plan. Let's follow our plan and execute our plan. As opposed to the way it normally goes, where it's pretty laid back and, you know, you could go through an hour of playtime in the real world and it could be, you know, 10 minutes of uh, play uh, of the actual like game world type of time. And that's fine the way that it normally goes. Uh, but what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to, again, like I said, really increase the impact as well as the level of suspense, as well as making this feel uh, important and exciting. And if it's just really slow and drawn out, it's probably not going to have that exciting level that I'm looking for to make this what I want it to feel like. So moving fast, I think, is definitely an important aspect of this. Now, if you're playing online in a text-based format, it's much harder to move quickly uh, as opposed to if you're playing a live game where you can kind of rapid-fire you know, I'm not. I don't. I'm not going to try and advocate that you just like point at people, but you can kind of rapid fire, like, okay, we're here. This is what's going on. What are you guys going to do? And they go through all that. This is the conversation. Here it is. Boom. We move to the next person. And you know, you you're looking at the two individuals or the one individual for the first group, and then immediately you move, and you're now looking at the next individuals, and you can really make this feel like it's happening quickly. And that they need to be able to think fast, which might not be every single player's uh, capability. And so we want to have a little bit of grace here with that, that sometimes characters are better at things than the players are. But overall, we're trying to give it that exciting level by moving quickly. Along those lines, a way that we can help things move fast is by avoiding initiative for as long as we possibly can. Because initiative ends up breaking it down into you know individual characters. It goes a lot slower. It draws things out, which for a typical combat is great. And that's what we want to do when we get to the boss. But as build-up to get to that point, I'm going to try and avoid initiative so that way I can keep things moving uh, quickly. There's a couple of things that we can do to help avoid initiative. Uh, and those things are going to be um, basically when people are attempting to do things. The character goes and tries to do something. Whether it's casting a spell, uh, doing a specific action, using a magic item. I'm generally speaking going to allow it to work. Uh, not always, but... Generally speaking, I'm going to allow it to work, which means I'm not going to require a dice roll for everything. And if there is a dice roll, when it fails, they still do what they said they were trying to do. I'm just going to provide a negative consequence. So as an example, let's say I am oh on top of a building and I'm going to push somebody off. 
instead of forcing them to make the shove check, I'm going to allow that to happen and then have them roll the uh, shove check. And if they uh, fail that, provide a negative consequence for that failure, even though they still succeeded in what they were initially attempting to do. Because again, that allows us to stop uh, and not get directly into initiative and move in the direction that they're trying to get their characters to do. Anyone that has seen the playthrough in Candela Obscura from Critical Role where they opened their chapter on the train probably has a pretty good understanding of what I'm talking about. We were a couple people, we saw what they were doing, and, you know, the players were just like, well, I'm going to, in that there's uh, turn-of-the-century technology, I'm just going to shoot the guy, okay, roll the dice, and, okay, you hit, or you didn't hit, or whatever, and then we zipped over to somebody else, and we zipped over to here, and we zipped back, and it really creates this idea of all of these things going on at the same time, as well as increasing that uh, level of excitement like I've been talking about. You love listening to podcasts, but have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? Maybe you want to build a brand, grow your business, or are looking for an excuse to talk about your favorite hobby. Whatever your reason for making a podcast, Buzzsprout is the place to start. Since 2009, Buzzsprout has helped over 300,000 people launch their own podcasts. Buzzsprout walks you step-by-step through the whole process and will give you powerful tools to start, grow, and monetize your podcast. Ready to get started? Click the link in the show notes to get our free step-by-step guide to starting your podcast today. So we have um, that happening quickly. We're not using initiative, which means it's possible that someone could do something twice what we would normally consider an action, they might have two actions before a different character takes inaction. And we don't want to leave people behind and whatnot, but if somebody has an idea of two things that they want to do rather rapid fire, remember one turn in combat is only six seconds. So that whole combat encounter that took an hour for you to run through that lasted three rounds, in game that was 18 seconds. And sometimes we want to remind people that things happen quickly. And so that's kind of the idea of what we're looking here, uh, looking for here. So again, if we're going to use a role, um, then I would just allow the thing to happen and then provide a negative consequences for the failure to that specific role. Um, in general, I'm going to not use initiative and... I'm going to not require all of these rules. You know, one of the things I end every single episode with let the dice decide. And I think that that's a great idea, a great concept to allow people to roll more and allow uh, some randomness into the games. But at the same time, there's points where we, we want them to be able to succeed and we want the story to progress. And once we've built everything up, we could get to a point where just forcing a die roll uh, can really slow the game down unnecessarily. And so we can utilize the opportunity to allow things to just happen 
and allow things to just succeed to prevent the game from being bogged down in all of that. Another thing, as we're jumping around um, from one scene to the next scene, because the party has split itself up however they did so, you know, you might go, let's say there's three different groups. You might go one, two, three, two, three, one, two, three. You don't have to go in a specific order. Uh, And so what I mean by that is we don't have to, you know, make a circuit around our table as we're doing things, you know, we can kind of control like, okay, well that happened. And while that was happening, all of this other stuff was happening as well and really work it out. So that way it makes the most sense, um, to keep everything in a relatively close timeline. So as a recap, we have increased the scope of this particular event. Uh, it is, uh, covering a large area possibly. Um, but it's also just, it's more than what one group of people could be able to handle all at the same spot. They need to be in multiple locations at the same time, etc. That allows them to call in favors and increase the number of NPCs that are with them or potentially helping them. And that is obviously because we have a broader story that is affecting more than just the party. Next, we want to move quickly. That's moving quickly within each individual scene, as well as quickly moving from one scene to the next. That's going to increase the excitement level of the actual scene itself, as well as keep everybody invested in everything that's going on, knowing that their characters' roles and um, part that they play is important to all the others, but also that it's going to be happening relatively quickly. And everybody hates it when the rogue goes off and scouts for 45 minutes as the rest of the party just sits there with nothing to do. It's up to you to make sure that that doesn't happen by moving quickly between the scenes. We are going to attempt to avoid initiative where possible. And in doing so, that helps keep things moving freely and not potentially get bogged down by the uh, the slow, methodical process that initiative creates. We're going to, in most cases, allow the characters to do what it is they're trying to do. We could force some roles, but in general, it just works. And on the roles that we do force... A failure doesn't mean it doesn't work. It just means that some other negative consequence happens because of that failure. And lastly, we want to tie it all together so that way the end is a boss battle that has culminated from all of this you know, chapter of the campaign and is the end result of all of the different actions that were taken during the event before the actual boss battle occurred. This is a little bit of a different format than your traditional session. So at the beginning, it might be worth your time to explain your vision and let the players understand what it is that's going to happen, as well as 
letting them, you know, get a heads up and a little bit of a warning that we're going to be moving fast. We're going to be, you know, bouncing around a lot and try to just kind of get them involved and invested right from the beginning. So that way we're not just springing it on them. The end result, hopefully, is your party feeling like they were involved in something that's bigger in scope than a traditional session. It's more involved. It has lots of different moving pieces. Uh, There was a large plan that they were able to execute to do something that is game altering or campaign altering and changes the way that the world works from that point forward. Once done, it allows the boss battle that you're going to lead to to feel like it was all part of it. And so your boss battle that might not last a ton of rounds and could potentially feel like a little bit of a letdown has less impact overall in the story because the event leading up to that involved all of these different things and really allowed players to showcase their different abilities, their different skills that they've uh, you know skilled into. And so now the entire event feels like it was the boss encounter as opposed to just the actual combat portion. So we had five steps to make D&D more cinematic. The next time you get to the end of a chapter of the campaign that you're running, take a look at these ideas and incorporate them to really start making the event feel more than just one combat. I appreciate you all. Thank you very much for joining me. I hope that you have a wonderful rest of your week. And as always, let's let the dice decide.